So I got a f- bunch of funny stories for you, Jeremy, related uh, to people's perception of my age. <laughs> you mean that you're not 16? <laughs> Even though I look 16, I feel 60. Um, so yeah, so I am right now 38 years old, right? And I've gone to supervisory jobs like since maybe eight years ago or so. And I got a bunch of these little stories where people would just mistakenly take me um, for way younger. And one of the more recent ones I like telling about is it was like a team building event for a bunch of interns. So I, I went there, sat down the table. These four other interns were sitting there. They turn around to me and say, hey, so which group are you interning with? So I'm like, no, no, no. I've actually been here for, for 20 years now. Another previous story I had was when I first became a supervisor, the current supervisor and I were walking down to get the keys to the office. And again, the lady who was giving us the keys was like, oh, is this your uh, intern for the summer? It's like, no, no, I'm actually replacing him. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I became a supervisor at 28 and was the youngest one on the center. By, and now uh, you beat my record. Yeah, yeah, I, I did want to actually point that out. <laughs> and unfortunately, I maybe had a little bit of a different experience because I've been ridden hard and put up wet and look a lot older than I actually am. <laughs> so nobody, you know, everyone was like, are you 45? And I'm like, no, I'm freaking 28, you know? And they're like, no, I'm pretty sure you look 45. That's hilarious. Welcome to the Bear Leadership Podcast. I'm Johnny Wynn, founder of TheVentureOut.com, a curated email, the best way to get your morning started. And I'm Jeremy Parsons. I'm a project manager and a father. So where we are today, though, both of us, we probably see both ends of the spectrum. Folks older than us getting ready to retire, and then the new employees that are starting to get hired on. And they've been saying this is the first time we've had five generations in the same workforce. I can't rattle off all five of them, but you know the new ones were the millennials, all the way to the older ones were the baby boomers. Baby boomers, yeah. Baby boomers, yeah. Yeah. So, so that was one of the things I think would be kind of interesting to talk about is what is uh, some of our experiences, uh, if we could stereotype and generalize with some of those generations <laughs> and leading them. Which we should not be doing. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, you know, so don't hire these people. No, um, but but no. I mean, as far as some of the leadership challenges of each of these generations. And, and how do we motivate them? What, how do we speak to them? How do we communicate? And, and I think, you know, each individual is going to be different, right? Yeah. So you, you obviously need to, need to learn totally. what speaks to them. There are some generalizations you can make for um, how does each generation interact with technology a certain way, right? How does each generation, um, you know, approach work? work hours, work-life balance a certain way and things like that. And so how do you be mindful of these things and your leadership techniques and what motivates people, right? What are the things, uh, you know, as far as a sense of camaraderie and things mm-hmm. like that? So I've been struggling with this one person that's in the group where I, I know is they're always on the laptop as I'm talking to them. It's like, it's a one-on-one meeting mm-hmm. and they're still looking at the laptop and then glancing at their phones every so often too. Do I get a multiple choice question as far as what generation they come from? <laughs> Actually, I don't think the person falls straight into the millennial category either. But this is a behavioral habit that they have where where they feel like they have to stay connected the whole time, stay on top of every single email as it pops in just in case it's that important. Um, but how, so clearly I'm going to have to have a little conversation with this person as far as uh, behavioral um, 
But any, any other thoughts around that realm as we're dealing with more and more folks connected? So, and, so, the, and the perceptions around it too, you know? Like yeah. We just talked about how it's different if I'm taking notes in iPad versus I'm taking notes in my iPhone. Yeah, so so this is one where if you look at, at um, again, as, as I kind of manage across a spectrum of individuals, right? So we have, you know, a number of folks that are in their 20s and early 30s. And then what, what we actually had in the organization I worked for is you have you have a whole bunch of 20s and 30s, you have this huge age gap, and then you got a whole bunch of upper 40s and, and upper 50, you know, through the 50s, mm-hmm. right? And then and then I'm kind of in this in-between area now, which is the zennials, you know, or whatnot, which is kind of a hybrid of both. You it, just make that up. You I, just made that up. I swear to God. You made that up. Google it. Google it. So, <laughs> so, so, um, so what we found is some of the older, the older generations, um, you know, they find it actually kind of frustrating when, you know, people are constantly interacting with, uh, the laptops and the cell phones and things like that versus, you know, maybe interacting more in person. Right. Um, whereas the younger generation, right, what I found is they struggled to actually pick up the phone and interact with people in person, and they prefer email as a as a method of contact. And and I'm having to like, hey guys, you know, walk over, speak with someone, mm-hmm. or pick up the phone, versus you know just interacting with them via email. Right? Email is not in and of itself the best communication method. And I'm having to try and teach them some of those basic communication skills that really aren't learned um, as strongly. What I would say is that is a strong generalization. Um, yeah. Because because it really does depend on the person. Um, just like work, you know, when people say, hey, millennials don't have great work ethic, I found that that is absolutely not the case, right? I mm-hmm. have a ton of younger folks that work, you know, with me that are phenomenal work ethic. Um, it just really depends on the individual, but some of those communication skills are one of the big things that I've kind of noticed, um, that are really struggling on the flip side, right? They are excellent in integrating with technology and bouncing from 10 different subjects, True. which is really dynamic. Yeah. I, I feel like one of the things we get out, get, get out of the way is multitasking is not a thing. <laughs> Right. Well, it sure as heck not a thing for me. <laughs> it's not a just, thing for me either. Just, just ask my wife if I'm trying to do something <laughs> and watch the kids. Yeah, they could be playing with blenders, and I might not notice. But it's such a pronounced thing these days, where you always people walking with their laptops, people are on their phones, and they're expected to pay attention as well. I just don't see that happening. Yeah, so I tune out completely, right? So you do. Yeah, I'm honest with it. Like if you see me looking at my phone, unless I'm taking notes, I'm, if I'm looking at something. I'm not paying attention to you right now. I'm, I'm sorry. What? Yeah. <laughs> no, but but I mean, you're absolutely right. And and so to me, if we have a if we have a meeting, right, we need to not be having an hour long meeting with everybody with their laptops open. We need to be having a shorter discussion. Have your laptops closed. Be focused, and then go do your laptop time or, or whatnot. You know. So it sounds like that's a thing that transcends generations. No matter how, what age you are, the the idea of multitasking is a myth. So I, I think that, that that's the assertion of, we're making. I don't know if it's an assertion. I think there's a number of studies that back it up, and we should mm-hmm. probably quote them. But I don't actually have it off the top of my head. But I have yes. I mean, there are a number of studies that that actually back that up, where we are not effective at multitasking as human beings. Hmm. So in dealing with a a workforce that's so spread out like that. 
What are some of the tips and tricks here? I, I mean, I think the, we, we so, have... So one is definitely don't assume, just because they're aged, they're, they, they can be stereotyped in a certain way, clearly. Mm, mm. What about by, by gender or race? <laughs> More acceptable, but no. Yeah. Now, so I, I tend to think we can... You, know, you definitely don't assume, right? But what is it that... that you know, different generations find more appealing, right? And, and I think there is different things that generationally people want to identify with more so than other generations. Mm-hmm. Right? If it, what I found for a lot of the millennials that I have managed, um, you know, there are things that motivate them more, which is, you know, praise, advancement mm-hmm. in an organization, um, work-life balance, teleworking. Exactly. Work right. from anywhere, yep. I, I mean, and I will say that is an absolute distinct difference between that and some of the older generations that I have that I have also managed, right? Mm-hmm. Which is more a sense of belonging, a sense of mission, a sense of, you know, are they appreciated for the work that they bring, but there's more of kind of that self-actualization at work, that responsibility, things like that. That's one of the big differences that I've noticed, right? Which is how do you actually motivate them at work? And those are two kind of very different things. Yeah, which in turn makes our job just all the more difficult for supervisory because you're you're dealing with a larger spread of personalities with different wants and different needs. And again, going back to understand what which each individual person wants, you know, yeah. it takes a lot of. Well, I mean, it takes a lot of time because you got to yeah. sit down and kind of try and understand what is it that they're looking for. What is it that each one of them really kind of needs? And then you also have to address your communication styles and tailor it to the different audiences. So, so let me ask you this. So in your experience dealing with, let's just say, older people and then mm, younger people. Mm, mm. Is, there, is there a less offensive term you can use? Like really old people? <laughs> <laughs> so as you're dealing with these older folks and the younger folks, what... Um, what challenges do you have to overcome? Like, well, what, you know, like the, the, the stereotypical thing is when you're dealing with an older employee, oh, I guess I got to prove to myself that I earned my way to become that person's supervisor, right? And then maybe there's something vice versa where if you're um, a supervisor of a fresh out um, hire, how, how do you interact with that differently too? So th- that's a tough question. Um, when... What, what I kind of felt like, especially like when I, for example, assumed a role over managing a number of um, probably, I mean, not older, right, but, but closer to baby boomer sort of generational um, folks that have been probably 25 plus years of experience, right? What, what I found in order to earn some respect in their eyes, what I had to do was um, outwork them in a lot of instances, right? I had, to, I had to put my money where my mouth was and I had to show up. And I had to be present and I had to be as knowledgeable as they were on subjects. Hmm. Um, that may not be the only way, but that was one of the ways where I had to earn their respect in, in that regard. Um, and, and I think that's something that they do respect was work ethic. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and so in a lot of instances they appreciated that and they appreciated decisiveness, um, for many of the, of the folks that I interacted with and, and worked with. 
what I also felt that they respected um, in general was allowing them and giving them kind of a sense of self-actualization. And so that's a really long way to say giving them a sense of responsibility in their work, right? A sense of accomplishment in their jobs and a sense of importance in what they were doing, right? They didn't want to be, most again, most of these folks, they didn't want to be the, the top dog or, or, you know, the, the you know, the be-all, end-all. But what they wanted to do was understand where they fit in the big scheme of things and why it was important. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I, I think what I've noticed is when I'm working with a with an older person, that person is more self-aware about who they are, their um, what they bring to the team, or what they um, are not the best at. So they have the level of self-awareness. Hey, I know I'm good at this. I know I'm not the best at this. And so they come ready with that. Um, so I think as a, as a supervisor or a leader for a person like that, the, the ability to nudge them in any certain way is less so to degrees. Like if only that person would just do it this way, they get a lot more done. But their willingness to do that is maybe not there as much. Right, and that's just good self awareness to a degree too. Like they've already tried it, probably. Who, who am I? Who I've just met them. They've been working like this, and they've been successful at it for X amount of years. They know what they're good at, and they know what they're not good at. So you, as a supervisor, are working with that that that, that little bit of a nudge factor. Where like maybe if I can just get um, just a little bit more, a couple more percentages towards something, and then that would be great. Whereas with a new employee. Like, I feel like a lot of responsibility in that case. Well, I just hired this new person, a couple of folks, actually. First job ever. Like, the habits they form in this job will stay with them probably forever in their career. So, like, it's so paramount to make sure I instill in them good habits, you know, with the good professionalism, with the good at, you know, attitude, how to treat people, how to work with people, um, and, 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 and how to show up for every meeting, you know. I really hope you're not approaching it like Matt Lauer. <laughs> Coming to my office. <laughs> now, so I, I think you're absolutely right. With most of the younger folks that I that I worked with, I, I mean, I think it's right off the get-go, you have to establish kind of a mentoring sort of relationship yeah. with them and a really candid rapport, which is this is what's going well, this is what isn't. Here's what I expect from you. One of the things that that I always really like to do in a really kind of open atmosphere is have them spend a whole lot of time in there in in my office hearing a lot of the kind of background conversations that I'm having. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just trying to model the behavior a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's not always good behavior (laughs) to model. They're like, my God, he cusses me a lot. I need to curse more often. Got it. Yeah. (laughs) Be angry all the time. Um, and then beg to your wife, but uh, but but you know I, I, what I mean by that though is um, they at least will learn. Okay, so how do you how do you work some of these relationships? How do you build some of them? How do you constantly communicate? And and what are the things that you should or should not be doing um, in order to get certain things done? I think one of my more recent thoughts about this topic is is it's hard for a young person to think long-term like that, like where we're at and, and how long we've been working in the, in, in, in our professional life. It's, we know relationships matter. 
Relationships come and go. They may come back around one day. You treat everybody as best you can because, A, you never know where they'll end up, your boss, or maybe you'll be on your team, whatnot. But that concept to a to a newer, younger employee may not resonate as much because they're like, I'm worried about today. I've been on the job for literally two months, and you tell me to worry about a relationship for 20 years? It's just too much for them to handle, I think. Yeah. So for me, I keep on having to dial it back. Like, what are the building blocks for the successful career for this person? What are those things that if I can, they can demonstrate these few behaviors very well, it'll just you know, stick with them for the rest of their lives. I, I, I remember one of the first things um, my boss did when I first hired on board a long time ago, he sat me down and he started walking through the history of the corporation, right? A good hour long, felt like five hours long, you know, in a very monotone vo- voice. It just keeps on droning on and on and on. And I, I was struggling so hard to stay awake in this one-on-one meeting with my supervisor. I swear I'm doing that today with, with my phone. <laughs> I'm like, I have all this great knowledge about the corporation. Let me, let me tell you some of this stuff so it will help you navigate the environment a little bit better. And I'm sure they're thinking like, oh, my God, this guy keeps talking on and on. So it's a bite-sized chunk. So I don't, I don't know, I, I guess I don't think of it as a millennial thing as their attention span is so short or that it's too easily distracted. It might be just a function of they're only been on this planet for a total of 21 years. This is their first job. Everything's in that, you know, that, that viewpoint. You have never sounded yeah. more old to me. <laughs> but I still look like a 16 year old. It's impressive. I'm going <laughs> to keep that I'm in gonna, mind. I'm going to make sure you get carded when we go out. So, <laughs> so, when I when I think about some of the leadership challenges for, you know, I, I guess we say millennials, right? What what I found is there is a constant. Um, what I have encountered, right, is a real constant need for advancement, or or you know, and and that is a challenge where, um, you know, in many cases people want to advance quicker than maybe what yeah. they might be ready for. But were we any different? No. No, no, and so you know, but balancing those things is yeah. really kind of so. How do you get people the right experiences to be ready for those leadership situations when they're ready for them? Mm-hmm. I think people can be ready to take on some much more significant challenges quicker than we we give them. Um, but you know, maybe our organizational culture isn't always ready for that either. You've heard of the concept of mirroring, right? Mm-mm. Mirroring is a way to get the other person you're interacting with to um, like you more or be more sync oh. with you, right? So, yeah. you know, if you have a high energetic personality, I will try and match your high energy personality or vice versa, where you just mirror the other person's behaviors and, and patterns and such. I feel like that might go a long way too. For did you learn this on catfishing? <laughs> catfishing is just you got catfished. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, I feel like this tip might go a long way too for um, all spectrums of the workforce where if you're like a younger person, you're acting with an older person, like, hey, pick up on the other person's behavior and patterns and try to mimic it a little bit. Don't don't be talking about social media. Don't be pulling out your phone, taking notes on it because the other person's not and that person might read it as rude or such and vice versa. If you're like an older person, like maybe you should try to stay up to par and ask questions about social media, ask questions about the new new technologies just to stay in sync a little bit. Maybe this is how we bridge that gap of understanding each other, you know, at least coming across as trying to learn from each other. 
like the Facebook or the Twitter. <laughs> and I mean, I think that's, it's really a communication yeah. challenge, right? Yeah. And so, you know, tailoring that communication across all of those different fronts yeah. and ensuring that you're hidden. So like what I've, what I've done in kind of the organization that I've worked, right, is I've taken some, some of the younger high performers, right? I've taken separate set-aside meetings with each one of them and said, here's what I'm doing for an advancement plan for each one of you, right? And then, and then from kind of... Fight a, to the death. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're doing a Hunger Games. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. <laughs> Um, and then, and then for, for kind of like the larger team aspect, right. Um, setting kind of a vision and goals We're we're doing kind of a communication strategy for ensuring that you know, mm-hmm. the larger team is, is understanding what is their importance in the organization, how we're building technical excellence. And then, you know, kind of larger, we're also rolling out certain technology initiatives and things like that to, you know, and then, and then kind of doing different things to make people feel like they're part of a team, right? Rolling out different poster boards, different things as they walk in to try and make them feel like they're part of a team Mm -hmm. and different kind of initiatives to try and get people kind of sitting down talking with each other, you know? And so trying to hit that communication on a bunch of different fronts, right? To where certain people feel like, Hey, you know, how am I advancing? What is, what is that kind of part of, right? And then, also, how am I part of a team? How am I part of, you know, an important mission and part of, you know, some of these different things? Mm-hmm. And trying to hit it on, on kind of each of those different communication fronts for each, not only generation, but each thing that kind of everyone mm-hmm. needs. Mm-hmm. Some of the takeaways for me, a lot of it is a lot of understanding, taking time to not stereotype and generalize folks, but to really dig, dig a little bit deeper into what does this person value about being at work? Do they enjoy multitasking and trying to do a lot of things at once or are they trying to do things more of a old school face-to-face fashion? And each has their merits, I think. Um, so I guess it's incumbent upon us as leaders for these groups to kind of draw the most out of each of these folks, what they bring to the team, and then trying to give them the proper assignments as well to try to um, help them be successful in the style that they're comfortable in. All right. Well, thanks again, folks, and we'll catch you next time.